The tires of their Chevy Equinox bounced along the worn pavement and dilapidated surface of Bristol Road. Peering through the windshield at the signs of a dying city, Rich Bosley wondered if this was how the Old West had felt when the gold rush ended. Acres and acres of fenced concrete occupied each side of the decrepit street. At one time during Flint, Michigan's prime, cars filled these parking lots 24 hours a day. Three shifts of workers came and went from these factories. Today, it represented urban decay at its utmost. In 1908, General Motors opened their newly founded headquarters in Flint. Generations of workers walked through the doors. Each generation believed theirs would do better than the previous one. The tides turned with the oil crisis of the 70s and the nationwide plant closings of the 80s. But like rain to the parched ground, optimism returned to Flint at the turn of the century. GM had invested $60 million to upgrade the plant. Over 2,000 hourly workers and 180 salaried workers frequented the building they passed. It was honest work for honest pay. This blue-collar haven once again bustled with activity. During the latter part of the first decade, the auto industry suffered collapse. Some plans scheduled for closing were saved by private investors. Businessmen and women gave hope where hope was lost. However, these saviors required assistance. Workers agreed to lesser wages, and the dream for better became a need for anything. Michigan's government granted tax breaks in the supreme effort to keep the factories open and give people purpose. When the tax breaks expired, the workers were asked to accept even lower wages. It was inconsequential. The economy couldn't support the product. Only the bottom line mattered. With no incentive to keep the doors open, men and women in insulated executive offices miles away made lofty decisions. The result filled Rich's view. Building upon empty building, decaying skeletons of what once was. Rich thought about his father's recent proposal. The prospect of moving back to Iowa felt like defeat. After all, was the banking business better in Iowa than in Michigan? The economy was a national issue. Rich and his wife Sarah had faith in this city— they were willing to work to make it better for their son and children to come. Rich peered to his right and smiled at his lovely wife engrossed in her magazine. How can you read with all of these bumps? Her normally styled hair hung from the opening in her baseball cap, and her business attire was replaced with jeans and a tiger's t-shirt. It was their son's first year of baseball, rookie league. It was more about learning teamwork than learning baseball. However, if you ask the players, it was more about the sugary snacks that came as a bonus. Sarah provided homemade cupcakes. A home run. I'm just so amazed by this article. What are you reading? Vanity Fair. It's the cover story from a couple of months ago. I forgot I'd left the magazine in here. I just found it. Rich nodded. He wasn't interested. Sarah continued. It's about Anthony Rawlings and his wife.